pour a glass of whiskey before this uh, extreme discussion. Excellent. Yeah, I uh, could use one for this. I'm actually killing a bottle. It's uh, it's called Big Pete, and it's basically uh, this company takes a bunch of Isla scotches that are known for their smokiness and and brininess, and mixes some of them together and and makes a very very punchy peat smoke blended scotch. So, Love it. so I'm gonna go ahead and kill this bottle. Oh, should I say I'm gonna go ahead and abort this bottle? Oh, oh no. In my experience, conversations are best had with a glass of whiskey. Join me, Alan Kogan, as I engage in meaningful discussions while enjoying a glass of my favorite spirit. Welcome to the Kogan Conversation. Uh, I think uh, I think it's right for us to be as jovial as we possibly can <clears throat> with this subject because Handmaid's Tale cosplayers are out in abundance in the DC area today. Like straight up, they're in the full getup, red robes and white shawls and all that. Yeah, so I haven't I haven't been out there myself. I've, I'm, I live 20 minutes away from it, but I've seen video and they're they're out and about. It's like, oh man, okay. And then and then you start to ask yourself, like, okay, first of all, it's not official yet, and second of all, if Roe v. Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood gets overturned by the court's decision, it doesn't make abortions illegal. It just throws the rights, the decision rights back to the states and the people. I mean, how much of this is virtue signaling and, and just and, and cries for attention and how much of this is just not understanding our, our actual civics process? Yeah, no, I, th- I think there's definitely a lot of that. And on, in, in this case, there's a large portion of our states do have legislation set up where if these cases did get overturned completely, it would effectively make abortions outlawed in many of those states, including here in Wisconsin. Yeah, they're they're called trigger laws. And I mean, I don't I don't know if I agree with if I don't know if I agree with a, a legislator of a state preemptively creating a law that has a, a provision that says if X happens, then this law goes into effect. Isn't there same laws for that for like legalization of like marijuana, though? I, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. But yeah, I guess there's a trigger law in in Michigan, too, who in uh, Wisconsin's democratically run right now um, and Michigan's democratically run. Looking at this from the outside in, because I think you and I are both not fans of either big party right now, for Democrats who are largely pro-choice, I think they're upset at the wrong people and for the wrong reasons. You had power. You had power with Obama. You had power with Biden now. You've had power with your states that have these trigger laws. They're not doing anything to either repeal these laws or to codify what is discussed in Roe v. Wade. But, you know, they run on these campaign promises and they fail to actually actually do it. So, like, your voice isn't heard. And if that's the case and then you just kind of go, oh, well, maybe this is your lesson to like, oh, shit, voting actually matters. And we voted for the schmuck that didn't do what we wanted. And that's not me saying voicing support for or against. It's just observing that, like, if if you wanted to get it done, you could have. If you wanted to make a federal amendment, you definitely could have. You just didn't try hard enough you didn't it wasn't a priority for you and here we are now with uh, uh the possibility of federal protections going away yeah I, and here's the thing where it's like i this could very well and possibly will drum up enough like outrage and support from the left side of the aisle to yeah finally enact some kind of amendment to the constitution that enshrines the right that for women to have abortions and whether that comes with like a time limit or something like that like these are all like technicalities in like a lot of states that's been happening but before working where i work with you now where our bread and butter is talking about you know supreme court cases and and just the process of how a case gets this supreme court and what they actually do in terms of like it's like it is basic civics it's like courts interpret what laws are written and so like if you really did want to enshrine something like this in law it's really not 
something it's not under the court's purview to do that it's up to the legislation and you know people in congress to like write a law and then you know you get it signed by the president or whatever it it, it is just this weird situation where roe v wade was this case where to my understanding they basically enshrined a constitutional right that wasn't actually there so legally it is it has always been on like a weird shaky ground and just it's of i mean since i've been alive it's been stirring up debates hot debates across the country and so like i see the reasoning like at least from the court's perspective as to the grounds they would have to overturn something like that but it really does put the ball back into the court it's supposed to be in this is coming from someone who's like not against abortion in any kind of like and i think we'll get into like the philosophical discussion about it too but in terms of the legal and like the law behind it i think it's it's going through like proper channels. The only improper part of all this is just the the, the big leak that happened with it. it's not like an actual decision that's been made yet. It could theoretically change up until the last minute and they do. Um, and that process often happens behind the scenes. I, there's a lot I'm throwing out there and I even want to get into like, should this process happen behind the scenes? Should there be more transparency with what decisions are made on the court? So, I mean, that's the biggest thing is that like you said, we'll get in the philosophy of it. We'll dive deep into abortion. We'll dive. We'll dive deep into the into the womb. Get our uh, hands dirty. <laughs> oh God. Um, the pro, like you said, the, the the leak is the big story here. Uh, Roe v. Wade has not been overturned officially yet. It appears as if things were to be decided today, the court would vote to do so. But this was a, a majority opinion draft by Samuel Alito, which, to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure if things are close, they probably have a majority opinion draft on both sides of the argument just. To to have it done um, because they're because what the, what the judges do sorry the justices do is they get in conference and they debate and then they they write all of their all of their thoughts and reference prior case law and then they submit it to each other for review Ginsburg and Scalia famously worked together and and shared their opinions and dissents with each other which emboldened their ideas and Scalia would often quote Ginsburg and say oh she made a really good point in that dissent and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to make my point here stronger or vice versa. And I think that's a really beautiful thing because when it comes to the court and the faith that I still have in the Supreme Court, it's all about jurisprudence. It's all about your philosophy of how to interpret the Constitution. You know, Amy Coney Barrett got a lot of shit because she was a a very devout Catholic and people saw her as a nominee who was clearly angled at overturning Roe v. Wade. When in reality, there's no way we can connect that dot. We don't know if she voted that way because of her Catholic faith or if her originalism view of the Constitution, like Scalia, basically forced her to vote the way that she did because constitutionally, which I tend to agree with originalism, ab- abortion does not exist in the, in, in the Constitution. There's nothing in there. So she maybe will vote on that reasoning and but people don't want to see past you know they don't, they don't want to see the nuance of all this they want to see it they want to have something easy to point to oh it's because she's religious and this is this is an attack on us by religious extremists in the court I don't know if it needs to be transparent. It, the court cannot be subject to public persuasion. The court can't answer to the public in the way that uh, like our, our democratic officials or democratically elected officials do, right? If we don't like something that, that the president or our Congress people do, we can say so. Justices are supposed to be the, the, that check and balance and making sure that the legislator is, is abiding by our oldest documents and framework to make sure that we're not trampling on rights that, you know, maybe aren't inherently there, but that we... That we have to make sure that you know we're not stepping on the toes of something that you know might pop up, or we're not we're not really sure. As technology progresses, right, the the right to search and seizure. If you have a drone outside your house and that drone has 
thermal imaging. Is it okay for uh, an arrest to take place because of that intrusion of privacy? Well, the court has said no. And that's an interesting development and interpretation based on the right to privacy. Well, now you have the right to privacy being applied to abortions and a woman's woman's health care and medical care with Roe v. Wade. And Ginsburg herself said that it was a pretty loose argument and pretty pretty much going to get challenged down the road. And she was right. And she's what people consider to be on the liberal wing of the court. So you have to have it locked up, you can, especially if you're doing drafts that might not reflect your final opinion, if it's just something that you've been working on. So either this was a disgruntled law clerk that decided to just say, fuck it, or if it was someone who had a partisan agenda to try to sway, if they were so freaked out by the potential of Roe v. Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood getting overturned that they decided to kind of hit the nuclear button and release it to the public and try to get one last little public push because now the court might vote finally on this case in a way that is more to cater to the mob outside their building. I mean, there, I've heard ridiculous things online, and, and, and I know people talk a big game, but in the, with the advent of what happened with January 6th, people are fucking dumb, and, and they, they, they're overdramatic, and they, they're irrational. So it stands to reason that there might be some idiot who tries to do something, and now what does the court do? Well, hopefully the court can stand tall and strong and not bend to any kind of public pressure that's why we got whiskey for days see it's funny because we start we start the podcast and we talk about some issues and we you know we talk about some stuff like to fund the police when we first started that was a hot pot button issue and there's more debate that can happen with that issue there's more of a I don't know, an educated opinion that someone can have on both sides, right? We've tried to, to tread lightly on issues like abortion or talked about wanting to talk about transgender stuff in sports. And it's like with all of these topics, oh my God, you're, you're, I mean, you're getting the meat and potatoes of our divide because abortion and transgender rights right now are probably the biggest two where the right and the left are so pigeonholed into what they believe, they won't even listen to another argument. You know, if you're pro-choice, you're evil and you're killing people babies. If you're pro-life, you're a religious extremist who hates women. How do you argue with that? How do you find common ground on something where half the country believes, no, it's not half, part of the country believes that you're murdering children? If, that, if that's their actual belief, that's what you're doing. I can't blame them for being mad. If, if I was raised in a family and, and, and within a religion or an organization that conditioned me to believe that that's exactly what abortion was and there was no nuance to it, it's just you're killing babies. Well, then, yeah, I would be mad, too. I would think it would be an abhorrent. But then you do a little bit of research and you realize, like, well, it's not just women going out there killing killing babies. There are probably a lot of women who are irresponsible and shouldn't be i mean there's women and men every in every relationship who are irresponsible and maybe they shouldn't be getting an abortion just because there are also medical reasons and a bunch of other stuff and that's not to dismiss the right of body autonomy it's just like there, there's more than just killing a child but every time you bring those up the religious right usually goes back to well yeah, life starts at conception and therefore xyz so so now you have the the supreme court potentially bending to one of the most divisive topics of our lifetime on the heels of a massive leak it, it just might upend how our process works and i don't know how to get back from that unless the court can just make sure that they aren't succumbing to any kind of pressure. And I read that this has literally never happened in the court's history. Yeah, I, I guess it does make sense to want to shield these kind of things. The branch of the government that's interpreting the laws that get voted in by the people, like you want those people to be impartial, you want them to be sheltered from public influence, like any any trial, like just look at like the Derek Chauvin trial or the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial, all these, these cases that have such a, even the Johnny Depp trial that's going on right now, something a little less, you know, politically divisive as it were, but still plenty of 
of eyes on it. It's just like perception can just and and public reaction can influence and like seep into a courtroom like so so much and could theoretically like influence a way a, a jury decides. But obviously in Supreme Court cases there's no jury. It's like you know you have justices who are appointed and confirmed and there's it's turned into like the literally the most rigorous process. Like I feel like it's probably more rigorous to get nominated to the Supreme Court now than it is to get voted into the fucking presidency. Your your whole history is combed through and every decision you've made on literally every case is scrutinized to make sure that you are going to be impartial and you're going to not decide based on like your religion, but you're going to decide based on how you interpret the laws that are there. I, I guess I haven't even been thinking about that from the perspective of how it's going to affect this the process going further or how it could even affect this decision because like how it could affect this decision obviously is isn't is big and like you know in a month when the decision gets released and it's something completely different you're gonna have people on the left who are happy but they're gonna have people on the right be like the supreme court's been compromised we have to blah 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 and it's gonna completely slip flip right there's no way any decision gets made and people come out unscathed they're like complete their their trust in in this process just completely shattered like it's already been pretty thin leading up to this point obviously it's become so politicized based on the nomination process and and how other decisions have been made whether it be fucking obamacare or what what's the one with the the super PACs? um uh, oh, citizens united it, it really is should be the one place left in our political system that that really is like hyper focused on being impartial and really just interpreting what we the people vote people in to make laws that serve us right and then based on that courts can come in and decide whether that's violating people's rights or not ideally we don't vote at laws in that that are violating people's rights but if there are there then courts can come in and say hey you're trampling on people's rights and that's what the system's supposed to do but we're come to this now and it's weird that it is those social issues that become so hot it's fucking trans people in sports and abortion and it's like don't we have like a crumbling economy right now like neither of those things are going to influence or affect like where we're going in terms of our national debt our foreign policy we have an up we have a, a looming world war possibly happening as we've talked about in two previous months of podcasts like we've talked about this before too is that we we have a privilege problem in this country Every month, Grant and I will tackle an important topic while enjoying a glass of whiskey. If you don't agree with our opinions on these issues, that's great. We want to hear from you and hear your side of the story. Our goal is to understand different perspectives and engage in conversations that matter without regressing to the same division that exists in our hyperpartisan politics. We can and must do better in finding common ground. Discussions breed solutions. The Kogan Conversation is a podcast that welcomes respectful discourse, paired with a glass of whiskey, of course. If you'd like to offer your take on an upcoming episode or join us for a glass of whiskey, please reach out to us on social media or head over to our website and send us a message. Wouldn't it be nice to know what topics are coming up and when an episode is releasing from the Kogan Conversation? Subscribing to our podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, following us on Spotify, and of course following us on social media helps immensely. You can also head over to our website and sign up for our email list so you never miss out on any episodes or information. Cheers! I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it because it's just how this is how it's working and how it's going to be perceived is that we're too 
white men talking about issues that we arguably don't have a stake in, which I don't agree with. I think we're allowed to have an opinion no matter what. Here we are discussing this issue that for some people is very, very, very important, especially for medical necessity. And I, I think medical necessity and, and things like that will still be taken care of. But for the people that want to have the right to an abortion, but may never even use one, or they never have had to deal with one, or they've never had been in a, a position to even think about it, you acting like this is the end of the world, the end of your reproductive rights, is fine, maybe warranted, but compared to women who get stoned in Iraq for not wearing a, a veil over their face correctly, if more people went on like either a deployment or a, a tour of these countries and saw what was going on and how people are treated, even if abortions were outright banned 100%, you still have it so much better. And that's not, I'm not saying, I'm not voicing, uh, you know, support for that. I'm not, I'm just saying that maybe if we could address these social issues in the greatest country in the world in a more eloquent and efficient and and, and rational, calm, level-headed way, rather than like running at the partisan wall of, you know, personal attacks and, and, and religious extremist dunking and 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 calling people you know baby killers and all this shit like you know hold the phone man like jesus i don't know where we got so far out of our reality in, in, in which we're just we're so lost in the conversation with each other to the point where it is there is a a, a good portion of people who might stumble upon this conversation, see us and see the topic and be like, no, to that level where they'll just be like, not your time to talk. Isn't it like the time for everyone to try and talk to each other? Like if we're really trying to solve a problem here and like it would, I'm not going to get into that. I was about to go down a rabbit hole. Let's not do that. Do it. <laughs> if we're going to, if we're going to like play white man has all the power and all the say here for a second, not something I subscribe to, right? Or I don't think you subscribe to, but like, let's, let's say that that we're in that world now wouldn't you want to like get the white white men on your side to like change the laws here like i'm on your side gals <laughs> like i'm on i'm a hundred percent for this like for like bodily autonomy and and people will get to decide what they do with their own bodies I, I, and I'm not like, oh, an unborn baby has the same rights. It's like that that's the philosophical area and maybe scientific area that like other people can get into. I'm just very much like if I was a lady, I would want that right to my what I can decide what I can do, especially if it's like you're growing a person inside of you for nine months. Like you should be able to make a decision whether you're going to do that or not. And yeah, like there's a lot of like exceptions too. It's not just like, oh, well, you shouldn't have opened your legs and had sex with a man. It's like, no, there's, there's, there's so many more factors at play here, like medical and, and like really fucked up situations people get into. Like, and that's why it's like, yes, I think people across the board should have like the right to what they do and do not have to do with their own body so like okay i'm a white man i have all the power i'm on your side i want to like vote the people in who are going to change the law actually no I, I agree and i think that's that's part of the disconnect is that people don't understand if if only women can have opinions on women as women's issues if only men can have opinions on men issues if only black people can have opinions on black issues if only gay people can have opinions on gay issues well then why the hell are we the united states of america why the hell are we doing this democracy thing that sounds like we should just be a bunch of tribes living in teepees out in the forest all we'll do is we'll trade goods and that's it we're better than that that's what makes us great is that we have so many diverse perspectives and opinions and lifestyles and and mentalities and 
philosophies that even the most extreme religious nut can live down the street from even the most extreme atheists. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, well, I think we've evolved to a point where we probably agree on more than we don't, like way more. That kind of ties it back to the Supreme Court is that eight of those, or not, excuse me, nine of those justices agree 80% of the time on their cases. And they only hear 80 cases a year. I think it's utter bullshit that we've made the court to be this pariah of political. Like you're you're mad at the wrong people. If you're mad at Amy Coney Barrett, Justice Kavanaugh, Justice Neil Gorsuch, etc., because they're they're considered quote unquote right wing, just because Donald Trump, the guy that you don't like, nominated them. They still went went through a vetting process. And even if we think that Congress can be bad and off the rocker sometimes, like at the end of the day, I'm pretty confident they're not going to let someone wild like Trump get nominated to the Supreme Court. There's still a process that still still goes through. There's legal scholars outside of the Congress's walls that look at this stuff and opine on this stuff. That's where the public has influence. That's where the public pressure can be applied. And so far, with every nominee that we've had, including Kentanji Jackson-Brown, even if she was maybe a quota higher, she's still extremely qualified. And I think she'll be just a, fi- a perfectly fine justice. Yeah, and she'll probably vote. She'll vote with a 9-0 majority a lot. There's a lot of like 9-0, like majority opinions that come out there. Like it, the, the idea that like these justices are constantly voting along their quote unquote party lines, it's, it's just ludicrous. And now we come down to this. I think we can kind of get into the philosophy of, of Ro- Roe v. Wade and, and abortion, but you now you have an argument for something that isn't exactly in the Constitution, but it kind of is if you read the Constitution a certain way. And I've read through Roe v. Wade. I've revisited it before we came on here throughout the day. I honestly agree with Ginsburg is that I think that the way that they went about defending Roe wasn't the most legally sound. And they they focused on right uh, to privacy is that it's a it's a woman's private decision. It's her medical choice to do so. But the problem is that you're not you're not addressing the life. I, I don't know. This is a question we can ask each other, too, is I, I don't really know what I consider where life begins. A lot of religious conservatives believe conception. A lot some draw the line at like a heartbeat or some say a viability. And viability is what was uh, emboldened by uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey in the 90s that basically said at I think it's 25 or 26 weeks on average that uh, a fetus is viable outside of the womb. So before then, you need the mother. And that's kind of been the point where, okay, well, then maybe it's not a living being on its own. And therefore, it doesn't have the same personhood status as a human being outside the womb. So because at the end of the day, the federal government has the sole duty per the Constitution to protect your life, liberty, and your property. If it has the duty to protect life, then we need a definition of life. And if that definition of life is just the biological sense, any any singular cell organism that has a, a life cycle is is life. Does it apply to animals? Well, no. And animals aren't as evolved. So, I mean, where does the line draw? What about inmates on death death row? What about inmates on death row? What what about? I mean, I, I don't understand how we can even address this issue if we don't have the proper definitions. So, I think that's my my call to action is to have some kind of consensus on science man comes to the rescue and says, not Dr. Fauci though, uh, <laughs> um, but science man comes to the rescue and says, uh, science has determined based on science that this is when life begins and this is when definitively, and then and er- then everyone go, okay, well then if that's, let's say it's 
15 weeks. Okay, well, cool. Well, then everyone has 15 weeks to decide whether they want the pregnancy or not. And that should be plenty of time for anyone who's a victim of rape or incest or has medical issues. Anything after the 15 weeks, with the exception of extenuating circumstances like risk to health of the mother or severe, severe disability in, in, the, in the fetus that like the, the, the baby wouldn't live past a day or whatever, or stillbirth, and you're just going to carry it to term just to die, you know, that, that then those exceptions can be made with the decision and, and, the, and the consultation of a medical professional. We can all make a feel-good law that says just general abortions in general, 15 weeks or something. Um, but we don't have that because we have an entire wing of, of, of Americans who believe that it's at conception. Is it a religious issue now? Is it because because if you're a Christian or Catholic who's who's saying and defining a fetus in that way, but I let's say for just the sake of argument, I'm a, a staunch atheist. I don't subscribe to that, and therefore I'm not going to carry my baby to term because I don't. I'm not going to abort it at eight months because that's a little that's that's pretty crazy. Because I think we all agree that there's there's probably for everybody we talk to, there's probably some kind of line of threshold that we all morally have, whether we want to admit it or for not. Some people there isn't. I mean, I don't want to assume. Well, no, and in the first time there's not. There you're right. And and I think those people are probably bonkers too. <laughs> I mean, where does that argument go? How do you sit down and discuss this? And then how do you apply the law effectively to defend that life, if that, if that is a life, without pushing religion down someone's throat? Because you have to have it from a science perspective. You have to. Otherwise, it's not going to fly. This podcast is a work of passion and it's completely self-funded. We want to continue providing this platform dedicated to free thought and conversation, but we kindly ask that you show your support. Patreon isn't just a platform where you can give a small monthly donation. It also gives you exclusive access to extended, unedited episodes, bonus content, as well as creative input into whatever we cover. Being a supporter on Patreon makes you a member of the Kogan Conversation family and helps us continue this passion project. For just a few bucks a month, you can help us grow. The more we grow, the more perks can come to being a supporter on Patreon. Head over to our website and learn how you can sign up. I'm Alan. And I'm Grant. Thank you for listening to The Kogan Conversation. This podcast is about engaging with different perspectives, values, and ideas. We want to learn how to progress conversations on important topics without assuming the worst in each other. Each month, we will tackle a new topic while enjoying a glass of our favorite spirit and shed light on the beauty of good conversation. Until next time. Cheers.